over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. To the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Good morning. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone on Voice America Women, voiceamericawomen.com. And joining me this morning is my co host, Lauren Beller, business coach and president of Big Fish Nation. How are you this morning, Lauren? Good morning, Catherine. I am good. Whirlwind of a couple of days, but I'm back at my desk. <laughs> I, yeah, I was wondering. You know, I always try to get in touch with Lauren before the show because we we have to do some kind of a connection. But we didn't connect this morning, so I, I thought, where in the world is Lauren Beller? <laughs> where in the world? I could be with Matt Lauer. Yeah, doing I hope you weren't with Matt Lauer. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> yes, it would be fun. Maybe you will. He's going to Antarctica, I think, in a few weeks. So, um, but you don't want to go there. Our show today, Co-Ed Combat, New Evidence That Women Shouldn't Fight the Nation's Wars. This is very controversial. Kingsley Brown, he's an attorney, and he is also a professor at Wayne State University, law professor. He used to be in private practice, I think, for five years. But he's written this book. He says that they have new evidence that women shouldn't fight the nation's wars. That's our first guest. Second coming up is CEO and founder of Pink Magazine, Cynthia Good. Excited to talk to her because she's going to tell us all about Pink Magazine as well as the Pink Magazine conferences that are going that have been and have been ongoing actually across the country. I think they've had three of these in some of the major cities, but there are three more left to go to. So, what do you think, Lauren? Do women can't fight in combat? How do you feel about that? Should we start? arguing about it before we talked to Kingsley? Definitely. I, and it's interesting because you and I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago that it's the age of the woman and that you said that to me and that's been sticking in my mind. And so if it's the age of the woman, what does it mean about war and women? And maybe it's maybe there's a whole other perspective. Maybe we just shouldn't even go to war and then we wouldn't need to worry about this issue. <laughs> <laughs> so if we have women in the military, we can just nix war. Although as I understand it, Hillary voted for some... Um, there was a vote that went up in the Senate, wasn't there, about whether or not we should become involved with Iran, and she said yes. I that's, did hear that. Yeah, that's I pretty general. That. And Obama, I guess, went after her for that. So uh, maybe Kingsley will address that. But seriously, I don't know. I mean, I don't think – I mean, he talks about women, you know, that obviously men and women are very different in terms of their physicality and what, have, what they're able to do. But there are different roles for women in the Army. Definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I – I'm not fighting. I wouldn't go to war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would. I don't really right. particularly want to go either. No, but maybe he's right. Who knows? Well, you have a daughter. Would you want her to go to war? Definitely not. Yeah. Isn't Under any circumstances? You know, if she wanted to, it would be very different. What about the men that want to go? I have a um, big fish that her son wants to go, and um, she was, you know, obviously didn't want him to go, but he wanted to, and she finally decided she has to let him live his life. It's what he wants to do. Well, she didn't have a choice, did she? If he's over eighteen, he's going to go no matter what. Well, he did. Well, he he did have a choice of if he even. It's true. He but there was a point at which he could have had choices. You know, if he had thought about it earlier, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it, I see it, but he went. He went. Yeah. Now, see, I I don't want my sons to go either. So uh, you know, but I certainly. But who does? I don't know. Who it, does it, want anybody to go? Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, I don't know. But he says that uh, women really are an impediment to our army, not just, yeah, that they are holding us back, and I'm not sure why or how they do that, but anyway. I can't be true. (laughs) (laughs) We don't hold anybody back. 
very interesting perspective. I'll be yeah. eager to hear what he has to say. Yeah, exactly. But and uh, well, Cynthia, good. This is I think maybe on a lighter side or a happier side or motivating women. It's fantastic. I don't know if you've been to the Pink Magazine website. Absolutely. Have, yeah, very have you cool seen that there's a big fish ad on the big on the Pink? Where Magazine is your website? ad? I was looking for that. If you go to Pink, if you go to PinkMagazine.com, click on you, Knowledge um, Knowledge Bank, and it's right there. Can't miss it. Knowledge Pink. Knowledge Bank. Knowledge Bank, and is that on the home page of Pink Magazine? Um, on the home page of Pink Magazine is a link to Knowledge Bank, yes. I clicked on Knowledge Bank. This is so cool. And you will find Big Fish. It should be right there, popping yeah. up in your face there, Catherine. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see. No, all right. So Knowledge Bank, this is where all the advertising starts. So if anybody wants to advertise on in Pink Magazine, that's where they do it? No, Knowledge Bank is actually a place that they you go if you want information on your business, on you know looking for a coach or looking for information on financing. It's like the Knowledge Bank for Pink Magazine. So hopefully, lots of people are visiting that area and checking out. You know, there it's the, it's where all of their content is really. Their content about building your business, taking it to another level. The Pink Knowledge Bank provides it gives you the tools and the tactics and the strategies. Um, to help professional women have a beautiful career and a beautiful life. And I think that's what it's all about, the thing, balance, right? It's not that's just your career. Is, yeah, that's what Pink is all about. Yeah, And I think that distinguishes Pink from some of the other magazines, too, don't you? Absolutely. I love the um, focus of this magazine. I think that it is, um, it's up and coming. It's been around for a couple of years, and I think that this is, this is the magazine that women are going to turn to when they want to build their careers and have a life. And that's why you put your advertising in Pink Magazine. It is. I think it's. I do. I think they're doing a good job. And I like the way you did it too. It's kind of. It's. It's a. Uh, it, it's not interactive, but it's mo- those clouds, the Big Fish Nation, and they're like moving all over the, the moving water. All over their their ad. <laughs> <laughs> all over their ad. Yes, yeah, very cool. And uh, these seminars are incredible. Are you going to go with me to the seminar in New York? I don't know. When is the summer? It's coming up, isn't it? Yeah, it's coming up. It's November. It's on a Tuesday. I've got the list here. I don't know. Oh, the 6th. It's coming up. It's on the 6th. Yeah. I haven't decided yet. That's a good thing to... I didn't know you were definitely going, so we'll I'm have def- to talk about it. Yeah, I'm definitely going, and because, as we talked about last week, they're two-hour seminars. Uh, I so, love that. ladies, it's not like you have to commit yourself for a whole day if you're working or if you have to take care of the kids, whatever you have to do. It's not like one of those nine-to-five kinds of seminars. It's lunchtime. It's like... Lunchtime talk. I think that's it's just brilliant too, because women don't need to spend you know two and three and four days out of out of their year at conferences, but a little snippets here and there are great, and in your in, hopefully in your backyard, relatively speaking. And someone said to me when they go to a conference, and they're talking about going to a conference all day. I was at a small women's conference in Albany, New York, and this this woman said to me, you know, if I get just one or two things out of the conference, I feel I've gotten something. And I thought, well, you know, to spend a whole day to get one or two things out of the thing. It's a lot. Yeah. I don't know if that's good in terms of time management, but um, so I hopefully get more. I know we'll get more out of these conferences than two things if you go to these seminars because uh, they have really the – Soldat O'Brien is going to be one of them, uh, one of the panelists. Uh, speakers in the New York City uh, seminar or conference. Yeah. 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 So that's very cool. So, Lauren. High-powered people is who they're bringing in, people that are really have made it in their industry and I just think they're they're doing a good job. And so it's what better way? You can't get yourself in front of people like that. 
Yeah, you don't have the opportunity for that very often because I have, as I said, over the past couple of months, I've probably been to three or four of these conferences. And while they were good, it was never at the caliber that these, uh, you know, you, you weren't seeing these women who were at the top of their game. And we right. need those role models. We need those we mentors. We totally need those role models. And I do think that we're going to find emerging shortly that there's a new way that they're balancing it all. You know, it's not that they're they're doing anything miraculous or they're working, you know, they're sleeping four hours a day. I think that we're going to find that they're really doing things uniquely. And how they're approaching people, how they're interacting at work, I think they're going to probably work less than we think. I could be wrong about that. But I think that we're going to find some unique things about how significant women leaders in our country are functioning. I had a friend over the other day, and she has just, She's been in business for about two years, and it's a home business, maybe a little bit longer than that. And she does it solely on her own. And she's always race running. I mean, Lauren, she can't. She's she's she does a good job, but she always feels overwhelmed and overworked. And she said to me, "I just I can't go it alone." Yeah. Uh, but then I said, "Then so why don't you hire somebody?" And she she had all kinds of excuses of why she couldn't hire somebody, why she couldn't make that investment. Yet she's making an investment and in borrowing money to run this business, and it's still in her basement at this point. But she, and you know she's borrowed a significant amount of money. So I said, "So where?" Where are you going to go with this if you don't hire somebody? Now, her husband, who is a professional, who is uh, an attorney, I said to her, and very successful, I said, do you think that if he started out his business or when he started out his business as a young attorney, uh, do you, and let's say he did do it on his own or alone, solo, do you think that at some point he would not have hired a, 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 a personal assistant, a legal secretary that he would have just stopped and said, you know, I don't want to make the investment. And she looked at me and she said, no. I mean, I said, you tell me you want to take this to the next level. You want to make money so that you can be financially independent. How are you going to do that on your own? Yeah, and what happens with women is we think that we have to do it like men have done it, and we're not men. You know, we don't, you know, my husband works 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and he closes the door to his office, and when he closes his door, he doesn't think about the needs of our child, you know, <laughs> because I do. And um, so if I did what he did, it wouldn't work. So we have to do it differently than men are doing it. Like, There's things that men are doing that we need to pay attention to, but at the same time, how they're doing it doesn't, it's not going to work for us because we're not men. So it doesn't fit our lifestyle. It doesn't fit, it doesn't help, our, we can't balance our work and other responsibilities in the same way a man does control. Absolutely not. Because we don't have a penis. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they think differently than we do. Their their responsibilities in their mind are different than what we think ours are. So their priorities are different. Totally different. So if we think that we're going to do it like the men have done it the past 100 years, it's not the case. So and what's happening, what I keep seeing, and I'm, the more conversations you and I have, the more I'm seeing this, is that we are really paving the way. I talk about the age of a woman. Um, we're really paving the way for what, how we're going to do this and create balance. It's not going to look like anything that's ever looked that's ever looked before with anybody else or any other generation, for that matter. Do we have a roadmap for that? We, we do not. But I think that there's very significant women in our world right now that we need to pull out their stories and understand how they're doing it. And that's exactly, I think, what Pink is doing. It's what we're doing in Big Fish. You know, it's. There's women that are doing it, and they're doing it successfully. And they're, trying, they're like pioneers. We're trying to find our way. What does that look like? 
it doesn't and, and they mentioned this also on the on pink website at that uh, it doesn't mean that we have to put on a dark blue suit and lower our voices and <laughs> look no and way. act like a man in order to be successful cuz that's not going to work it for us it won't work that it will you know um uh, interesting this is a, this is funny last week um What's the, Donald Trump was on the Today Show, and he was talking about his new book. His new book is called um, something Think Big and Kick Ass. Have you heard of it? I haven't. I haven't. I I'm well, I almost wanted I'm a... to throw up. <laughs> you wanted to throw up? Is that what you said? Yes. Because what he was saying is, he need, you need to be better than everybody else, and you need to just you know plow through life and not be compassionate. And you know, it was going on and on. I just thought, absolutely not. That may be way the way men have gotten to the top of their game the past fifty years, a hundred years, but it's not how women are going to get to the top of their game. It's just not. But was Donald talking about that saying Donald Trump saying that uh, think big, kick ass? Is that what he said? That's, That's the, name of the title book. of the book. Yeah. Well, was he saying that is going to work for women? Or he was making. He was, that he was saying that's the only way to be successful. Just in, he wasn't speaking about men or women at all. He was speaking just about success in general. And I just watched this with my jaw on my lap. You know, I couldn't <laughs> believe what I was hearing. And either could Meredith, you know, Meredith Vieira. She couldn't. She was, you know, doing a good job interviewing and not being judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> But it's difficult when you have Donald Trump up there, who is a billionaire. He's going to say to you, okay, fine, a woman who is a billionaire exactly. who's done what I've done. And, and unless they've inherited the money, like the Walmart uh, kids, and, and that includes the women and the men, I don't think, well, Oprah. Oprah is, and Oprah is the antithesis of him. Is she? I really don't think, I mean, I see her being compassionate as a person. I could be wrong about that, but my sense is that she's a compassionate human being. She doesn't put herself above others. That she, you know, I don't believe she. I don't think she'd ever write a book that you have to think big and kick ass. I think her book title would be, you know, take care of people that are taking care of you. She may say that, and yeah, but I think she probably kicks more ass also, and and I think she probably does both. And I have a feeling that Donald does both too. There's something about him. There's a piece of him that comes out. There's a certain. You know, incredible kind of obviously this assertive masculineness, but there's also that kind of there's a soft piece over there that well, maybe he doesn't admit to and maybe doesn't want to because he feels there's a disconnect. Who knows? I think take, that you're probably right about that. Yeah, but he's not make, speaking to it at all. No, <laughs> doesn't want to address that. Well, maybe that's a man thing. <laughs> Kingsley Brown coming up next, author of Coed Combat: The New Evidence That Women Shouldn't Fight the Wars. You're listening to Catherine Zox on the Catherine Zox Show on VoiceAmericaWomen.com. I'm your social worker with a microphone. We'll be back in a minute. Talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. I have three children, and I've been raising my 16-year-old sister. Mary Gallagher and her family shared a two-bedroom apartment with eight people. Now Habitat for Humanity is helping her build a simple, decent, affordable home of her own. When we first found out that we were getting a Habitat home, it was like a dream. I kept saying, don't anybody wake me up. Not only is Mary helping build her own home, she'll buy it 
with a no-profit, zero-interest mortgage to keep it affordable. Habitat came out and built my home, and when Mary started building her house, I wanted to come out and give a hand. We're not just building Mary's house, we're building a neighborhood. There's several more to be built this year, and I look forward to working on each of their houses and seeing the joy of their face when they open the door to their brighter future. Habitat for Humanity. Building homes, changing lives. Support the work in your community. Visit Habitat.org. I feel very blessed. God has answered all of my prayers. We are home. Ladies, are you looking for a place where you can talk candidly about anything and everything? Well, here it is. Timeless Women Speak on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk about sexuality, age-proofing your career, finding your passion and purpose, keeping your brain power, keeping your marriage fresh, dating for grown-ups, plastic surgery, surviving our beauty culture, and much more. Tune in Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific to Timeless Women Speak with Dr. Nancy O'Reilly on the Voice America Women's Channel. Radio that talks with you, not at you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. Welcome back to the Catherine Zock Show. I am your social worker with a microphone on Women Voice America, Voice America Women, the Catherine Zock Show. It's Catherine Zock and Lauren Beller. And joining us is the author of Co-Ed Combat, New Evidence That Women Shouldn't Fight the Nation's Ward, Kingsley Bra- Wars, Kingsley Brown, professor of law at Wayne State University in Michigan and a former U.S. Supreme Court clerk and has also spent five years in private practice. Welcome to the show, Kingsley. Nice to have you on this morning. Thanks very much, Catherine. Very controversial book, isn't it? I would imagine amongst women and men. Uh, yes, I believe it is. All right, so how did you come up with this is it your theory, or do you have substantial evidence, or why aren't women, why can't women fight in combat? Well, it's not that they can't. They obviously can if they're in combat. They can fight. But um, my my contention is that they, uh, that women don't make as effective soldiers as men because of a number of, of individual differences between men and women in terms of uh, physical uh, capacity and, and psychological profile. Uh, and but you also, also say, I just want to add that, it's, 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 you make a pretty strong statement, I think, in the book that, that they are a substantial threat to our military effectiveness. Well, I, I, think that I, I, I think that I don't think I say that women are a threat to our military effectiveness, but I may, I may say that sexual integration is a threat to military effectiveness. Because it's not just, uh, it's not really just focused on women, um, because the, I mean, part of the problem is that uh, once you introduce women into these male combat groups, the, the, the groups are not as, as cohesive and they aren't as effective. The, the men in the groups now are not just pulling, all pulling together. They're also engaged in competition with each other for the attentions of their female comrades. That's not the women's fault. I mean, so, so, uh, but, but, it, it, but it is a consequence of, of sexual integration. So what about Kingsley? You're saying that, okay, there's this competition. You mean the whole sexual thing gets in the way? We can't get beyond that sexual tension, and, and so we have to, what, not allow women in the military because of that or in combat? Well, yeah, I, I, I don't say anything about not having women in the military, but, but in, in combat, in, in, in and around uh, combat, uh, because 
if you're even if you're not a, a combat soldier, but you're close to combat, you're likely to be uh, facing the same kinds of, of situations. Um, yeah, that 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 I I think that uh, you know, bear in mind that you know most of our soldiers are uh, young men and women in their twenties, which is Hormones are raging in their 20s. Exactly. (laughs) You've got that testosterone and that estrogen, and you're saying it's a bad mix when you're trying to fight the enemy. It it is a bad mix. And so part of of people's attention, and more than we would like, is focused on, uh, you know, how can I get this woman to to respond to me, or uh, why is my buddy been able, been successful with the the few females in our group, and, and I haven't been. Um, and you know, co- uh, effective combat groups are are very cohesive, and uh, the, it, it's it's uh, it, it substantially weakens them to introduce this internal conflict. But sometimes, you know how and, and men like to show off in front of women how strong they are, how successful they can be. Couldn't this be a motivating factor for them to get out there and do their personal best? Well, I, I suppose that's possible, but I think that that probably uh, more likely. Uh, is that it it takes away some of that attention because they're not now trying to do you know when you're a soldier you're part of a group and you're not trying to outshine other people what you're trying to do is uh, be a member of the group uh, not disappoint the group not let the the group down but you're not necessarily engaged in in uh, personal heroics uh for uh, for the purpose of getting attention so that, that kind of be- thing often gets you killed and and to the extent that that, that that's what happens, the the, the show off, the, the the hero wannabes uh, often uh, are less effective than the people who are just there focusing on accomplishing the mission and not you know making themselves stand out, uh, because part of the part of the the uh, the norm of of combat groups is this fairly strong norm of equality, and. <clears throat> Uh, one one consequence I believe uh, that's likely to happen by introducing women is because of this norm of equality is is in a sense to uh, define bravery down. That is, um, women are not as physically courageous uh, as. Men. Are you saying when you say not physically courageous, are you also saying that they're not risk takers? I mean, is is that part of it? Oh, that's that's a lot of it. The women are much less likely than men. Uh, to take physical risks, uh, you know, something like 93% of workplace deaths in, in the United States are men, because uh, the the dangerous jobs are predominantly occupied. Or by, maybe they take stupid risks. I mean, the, the risk doesn't necessarily have to be a good calculated risk that's good for the rest of the group, does it? I mean, that women may have a a, a, a place in the military where they are. In, in leadership roles, for instance. I mean, I know you say that in your book that women are better social leaders but not military leaders and I'm not sure what the difference is well the the the, the studies on leadership the sex differences in leadership uh, show that when leadership is defined as uh, you know being social holding the group together um, minimizing uh, conflict and these the, these are not military studies uh, that uh, women often do better when the when the focus is on task leadership accomplishing the mission uh, men typically uh, do better uh, but what do you say to this 
Now, we are, you know, we have a volunteer army, uh, and as I understand it, we're having difficulty getting, uh, men to volunteer for the army, and we have lowered our standards considerably, so that we don't necessarily have these wonderful soldiers that you're talking about. Even though it's not a perfect situation, perhaps, wouldn't it be better to have women who are more competent and confident than some of the soldiers that we're getting, for instance, who have been criminals, and, you know, uh, there are, uh, that you, you would be better off having a co-ed Combat army. Well, a couple things about that. One is, of course, that that um, uh, if if you're talking about just general functioning as a soldier, not a combat soldier, uh, I mean, certainly that's correct. That that there's, I, I don't say that there's not a substantial role for women in, in the military. Um, but again, when you're when you're focusing on the combat risks themselves, the combat situation. Um, I, I think that uh, most people I know in the military uh, would rather have uh, uh, half a dozen male high school dropouts uh, in their group with them uh, than they would, uh, you know, half a dozen women who uh, had uh, community college uh, degrees. Who have PhDs, who are attorneys or doctors <laughs> or radio hosts. They'd rather have that killer instinct out there, right? Right. And and one thing that also, you, t- you talked about recruiting. Um, it's it's true that in some respects the the army uh, primarily uh, has has uh, reduced its uh, standards uh, somewhat, but it's also true that the percentage of female enlistees has gone down with the war. Uh, that is, that women are now perceiving the combat risks that they're likely to be exposed to in Iraq and Afghanistan as reasons not to join. Or and, they just don't. They have a better sense of this war and decide that that's not something they wanted. That's a, a, more of a political issue, you know, that they don't want to sign up for. One no, I, 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 don't, I don't think it's you don't political. Think so? And not in the sense of, well, women are more likely to disagree with uh, our current uh, foreign policy. I think it's that women uh, are more likely to join the military generally uh, for, you know, the career opportunities and so forth, which is a large part of, of the way the military sells itself. It, you know, part of it is the, you know, go over and fight, go fight for your country and, you know, be the strong one. And part of it is, you know, just look at all the, the, uh, uh, the, the training you can get and it's, it's good in the civilian world and so forth. And, um, uh, the, the men who are in infantry units, um, are not attracted really by those, those career opportunities. Um, the, you know the, the the job of rifleman is not something that you know you can you know get out of the army and then go be unless you unless you uh, go work for Blackwater or something <laughs> that that you can just go out and then do yourself. I mean, it's so so people do it because they want to be soldiers, they want to uh, fight for their country and so forth. Um, but large numbers of people join the military for other reasons, for career reasons, for job reasons, and no job is worth getting killed for. So people who are motivated primarily by sort of career concerns uh, as opposed to actually wanting to be um, uh, soldiers uh, are going to be turned off to some extent by the possibility of getting blown up. You talk about in the book, uh, Kingsley, about that women's biology and their psychology make them more prone to, you talk training injuries, post-traumatic stress disorder, and other kinds of impairments. Is that true? Is there a body of evidence that shows this to be the case? Yeah, there um, have been reports um, in the current war that uh, women are suffering uh, PTSD at, at rates about twice that 
of, of uh, men and also that the form of PTSD that they suffer is a more severe form. And I think that that's not really surprising. Women are, and, and this is sort of related to the, the discussion you had with your prior guest, that women are more empathetic. Um, they uh, are more likely to identify with others, and that includes the others who they, whom they are killing. Uh, so, you know, empathy is, in many respects, a good thing, uh, but it does create, in the combat context, a couple of uh, potentially adverse consequences. One is a hesitation or reluctance to kill, even if just momentarily, you know, it flashes through you. You know, this is a person who maybe has a wife and kids and so forth. Uh, and then also the psychological consequences then of, of having killed, which is, you know, so, so different from the way we're trained throughout life in Western society to, to value life, not to take life. So as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking maybe it would be better if we had all women armies and then we wouldn't have wars. If everybody, we would, uh, it would be a very different kind of situation. I know that's not what you're talking well, that's about. What, but uh, that's what Sally Field said, right? <laughs> exactly. I want to make, I want to, um, direct our listeners to where they can get your book because it's, it is, it's controversial, it's interesting, you bring up a lot of issues, we've only touched on a few today, but Co-Ed Combat, the new evidence that women shouldn't fight the nation's war, Kingsley Brown, and we can go online, uh, and purchase the book. Do you have a website that we can go to? Um, no, you can you can it's you can order it on uh, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, it it won't be released until uh, November eighth, but you can pre-order it now. Terrific! Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you very much, Catherine. Great having you. Brought up a Thanks. lot of different kinds of issues, and I think a very interesting topic. Kingsley Brown, Co-ed Combat: New Evidence That Women Shouldn't Fight the Nation's Wars. What do you think? Coming up next is Cynthia Good, Pink Magazine. I'm Catherine Sox with Lauren Deller, and you're listening to Voice America, voiceamerica.com, The Catherine Sox Show. I'm your social worker with a microphone. We'll be back in a minute. radio that informs, entertains, and enlightens you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. Inner Health Through Homeopathy, hosted by Melissa Birch, CCH, with Dr. Tim Stryker. This show features a weekly discussion about homeopathy, a holistic approach to health care, which treats ailments by bringing the entire body into balance. Homeopathy encompasses and examines the makeup of the entire person instead of focusing solely on a disease or ailment. The healing process involves physical, mental, and emotional changes which come from a wellness within. Homeopathic remedies go far beyond an alleviation of symptoms. They can restore harmony to the body and open paths to a higher level of awareness. Each week, Melissa Birch, CCH, explores a different health issue and individual healing processes with Tim Stryker, MD. Tune in every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for inner health through homeopathy. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just 
don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, there you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. For the most current and up-to-date information and options in childbearing, family health, and parenting, tune in to Celeste Ranese's Timely Topics in Childbirth, broadcasting every Wednesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you don't know your options, you don't have any. We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back to The Catherine Zox Show. I am Catherine Zox with my co-host, Lauren Beller, and you're listening to Voice America Women, voiceamericawomen.com. I'm your social worker with the microphone. Joining us in this half hour is Cynthia Good. She's the founding editor of Pink Magazine. She's the CEO, and during the last quarter of a century in journalism, she has worked passionately to make a difference in the lives of women and their families. So she's here to talk about the magazine, but also the conferences that have been going on across the country that Pink Magazine has uh, been uh has been a part of, and uh, we want to talk about those conferences. I'm going to be attending one in New York City in November. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Cynthia. Thank you so much, Catherine. It's great to be on the air with you guys. It's great to be talking to you. And actually, in the first half hour, we started talking about you. Uh, my co-host actually has a, a uh, is advertising with your magazine, loves it. I've been to several conferences around upstate New York re- recently, and they're talking about Pink Magazine. Ladies are talking about it everywhere. So, um, Pink, why Pink? Because Pink always had that kind of negative connotation when I was growing up, baby boomer, but that's changed. Absolutely. I think it is changing, and, and really what we did in the beginning, Catherine, is we worked with anthropologists, um, Margaret Mead and Gregory Bateson's daughter, Mary Catherine Bateson, is one of our contributors. She's written a piece in every issue of the magazine, and we talked about how wouldn't it be great if we could take this word that all women have been associated with since the beginning, which is pink, which is a pejorative in many ways, and what if we could flip it on its ear and make it something that was really positive not unlike what was done with words like black, which is now black is beautiful, and gay, which is now gay pride. What if we could associate with that part of ourselves and be proud of it and feel good and confident that we are women and we do have those feminine characteristics and we can be hugely successful not in spite of who we are but because of who we are. And I think you've done that and are doing that obviously, continuing to do it. I think you've turned pink around. I mean, I, you, can, uh, you can wear a pink suit now. It doesn't have to be black. You don't have to wear a navy blue suit or a tie or as you said, I guess when you first started out in the journalism business, you had to have a really deep voice trying to be like a man. Right, and I think that's so important because, you know, we're seeing a record number of women becoming very, very successful in their work. And, you know, if the woman has a really, really big paycheck and a really important title and gets to fly on the company jet, 
still, if she can't be who she really is as a person, well, then that's not really success at all. And I think we're seeing that more women are embracing that pink side of herself. I, I, I remember our very first issue, I got this letter from a reader who was horrified, and she said, you know, I cannot hold this magazine in public. I reserve, and these are her exact quotes, I reserve the color pink for the lining of my suit. I'd never be caught dead bringing baked cookies to work for fear that they would put me in that soft female provider box, which, you know, at the end of the day, why can't you, if you feel like it, wear pink or bring cookies and still be the most effective leader within an organization? Now, and, and that's what you're doing through the magazine, and, and I want to get into that because I think isn't that the mission of, of Pink Magazine for the next generation to be able to do that, to be able to be who you are, be successful, but at the same time be able to, as a woman, have the balance between whatever you need to balance in your home, your family, your business. Uh, one of the things, and I think she is going to be at the New is uh, Kathy Black, who's president of Hearst Magazine, right. is going to be in New York. And she says, and I'd love to have you address this, it's not having it all, but it's having your all. And right. I think that's right, and everyone defines that a little bit differently. And, you know, I mean, we're all trying to have a beautiful career, but the bigger picture is you ought to be able to have a beautiful life. And, you know, Kathy has done that. I mean, she's been a huge success. Uh, we we uh, did an interview with her and a little piece on our, her new book in our November-December issue. Bobby Brown is on the cover of that issue. And there's an example of a woman who built up her company, sold it to Estee Lauder for millions and millions of dollars, is still running the organization, and you know what? She goes to work in jeans, and she takes part of the week to be with her kids, and she still has this huge career and, you know, this great job and this exciting life, but she's found a way to pull it all together and make it work for her. So how do you do that? I'm listening to, yeah, Bobby Brown, all of these highly, obviously, top of the game that these women are. How do they do it? Give us, you know, what? It's, um, you know, and that's why we're telling our stories, Catherine, because our objective in Pink is really to give women tools, tactics, and strategies to help them be more successful, however they define that. And the way that we do that is by featuring women like Kathy Black, Bobby Brown, many, many others who right now in the 21st century are redefining what it means to be a success. And in telling their stories, that's the beauty of it. I think that's how we all learn, you know, how we can do a better job in our own lives. And, you know, you mentioned the conferences. In every city, six cities in the country, we have five very, very highly successful women, the caliber of Kathy Black. She'll be at our New York conference on November 6th. And they talk about that. They admit their mistakes. They talk about what's gone wrong. They talk about their frustrations. They talk about the balance and um, how they make it work. And for each woman, it's different, but there are some commonalities. Yeah, there are some unifying kinds of things, I guess, right, that, that have helped that in terms of their, their success. And I want to be specific because and tell everyone, because there are, what, three conferences left, Cynthia, right. the dates and, uh, and where they are, which cities, New York, San Francisco, and Washington? It's uh, actually Washington, D.C. We had a conference this past Monday. Um, we're in San Francisco on Friday. That's October 26th. I'm flying out actually this afternoon. And um, it, all these are for lunch. It's 1130 to 130, five great women in each city on the panel. Uh, we'll be in New York City at the Marriott for lunch on November 6th. And then we will be in Boston on the 9th of November. 
And um, you can see, I can tell you, but if you want to go back and look, we have information on who will be on each of the panels and how to register on pinkmagazine.com. And what I think is so great about it is you're having them for two hours. So, you, you know, we were talking about that a little bit earlier, Lauren and I, that it's two hours and these very high-powered women who, you, who you know, almost like mentoring, I think, a two-hour mentoring uh, seminar. But uh, so you don't have to go for, you know, it's not a whole-day thing. We assume that ladies, we're busy and can't do a whole day, but you can get all of this information in, like, lunchtime talk. Absolutely. Everybody comes in, um, they register, they get to network with each other. I get tons of emails from women who say they've gotten business leads and huge business opportunities. Bring a stack of cards if you come. And then we have a lunch and we hear from these amazing women. And we've also been raising a lot of money for nonprofits. Um, we've, been, we've already raised in the last two years more than $40,000 for Girls Incorporated and Dress for Success Already, I think we've raised hmm, pretty close to $20,000 just at the conferences we've already had. We just do these drawings, very fun drawings, Catherine, where you throw your business card in and $5, all of it goes to the girls. And then we have, of course, we love prizes, so we have more than a dozen really cool prizes, you know, jewelry, you know, gift certificates to Ann Taylor, all sorts of things that we give away. So that's sounds a lot good. Of fun too. Also, I want to ask you, I mean, it sounds great. Are there differences between the conferences because they're in very different parts of the country, which I think is wonderful. Uh, you know, San Francisco, Boston, Washington, different responses from different women across the country in terms of the uh, the conferences? I think so. I think the energy is a little bit different in each city. You know, the women attending are different, the women who are sharing their stories. You know, it varies a little bit, but the the big common thing is that every woman leaves that conference with at least a few things that she didn't know before and that she can take away with her and really use to make a difference in her life. For instance, uh, we had one of the SVPs of Wachovia who was on the panel in Chicago, and she got a big laugh when she said to everyone, when it comes to your finances and your retirement, you need to know a man is not a plan. And everybody laughed. And afterwards, one of the women attending, I said, what did you learn? She said, she's she is a financial advisor, and yet it took that conversation for her to be aware that she personally has delegated a lot of the financial stuff to her husband, and he can't do that. It's just too dangerous. Ninety percent of all women at some point in their life will be solely responsible for their finances, and we tend to live longer, and we're the ones who are going to be at a point where we're going to have to know what's going on financially and be able to provide for ourselves. So it's just so important to stress things like that. And, Cynthia, I think that's one of our biggest stumbling blocks because I know, obviously, there's still a lot of discrimination against women in the workplace, and we earn approximately 75% on the dollar. And, you know, there are lots of uh, discriminatory external discriminatory practices, but you just mentioned, I think, the most important thing for us, Cynthia, it's internal. There's something about money that that gets in the way for us women, and, and, and I think that's one of the biggest obstacles we have to overcome. Uh, talking about money, associating our power with money, uh, I think that's a, a huge issue that we still haven't overcome. And, I, and you That's absolutely true. And, in fact, um, the, last, the last conference series we had, uh, thanks to a partnership with KPMG, we had this great technology where we could pull, you know, the 2,400 women attending these conferences across the country right on the spot, and we asked them, how many of you have asked for a raise in the last year? You know, all the men have, because I know they're, they're in my office. All the women on our panel say they go, they're in their office, but when we ask the women, these are very 
passionate, ambitious, professional women in each city, half the women in the room had not asked for a raise in the last year. And then we said, well, if you did ask for a raise, how many of you got it? 72% of those asked for the raise got it. So the odds are in your favor, but I still think that we don't, just in a broad sense of it, don't do enough to ask for what we want at work, ask for what we want financially, ask for what we want in our relationships when it comes to our health. We tend to put ourselves last on our own to-do list, and, and I see that's beginning to change, which is a good thing. Yeah, I agree with you. It is beginning to change, and I think I see it changing in the, you know, from the baby boomer, boomer generation to the Generation X, Generation Y, getting into the millennials, even the young women in their early 20s. And you, you can see the attitude changing, very different. Uh, you know, as I've gone to, as I say, to even several small conferences, I see the difference. And I'm sure you, you're seeing the difference during these conferences that you're having across the country with women. Absolutely, that is the case. And one of the women at the Atlanta conference we had, she said, okay, now that we're beginning to ask, it's important that we also, when we're asking for race, also ask for more responsibility as well. So we're really learning a lot, and I agree with you. I think the younger women rising up through the ranks, I mean, they're really, really savvy, and I think they know, and this is less of a, a leap for them, and it's becoming something that's more ingrained and more natural and more comfortable to them, so that's exciting to see. And yet, you know, a conversation you and I had the other day prior to this interview, there is still a conflict in the workplace between the millennials and the boomers because they do see things so differently. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about that when we come back. Cynthia Good, founding editor of CEO and CEO of Pink Magazine. You're listening to The Catherine Zock Show on Voice America, voiceamericawomen.com. We'll be back in a minute. Talking about what you care about. News, relationships, health, finances. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. Tired of those fad diets and exercise routines that you don't stick with? Want to find a better way to incinerate fat and energize your life without those worthless pills or gimmicks? Then tune in every Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific to Finish Truth with hosts Zach Hunt and A.J. Roberts. Achieve your weight loss and fitness goals and maintain them for the rest of your life. The rest of your life. That's Finish Truth, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Did you know your child's asthma attacks can be triggered by things like shower curtains, a blanket, even a teddy bear? I feel like I'm choking. And there are many other things in your home and your child's classroom you may not know about. For the latest information, call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. Sometimes I... My parents have to take me to the hospital. Help prevent your child's asthma attacks and avoid the emergency room. Call toll-free 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. That's 1-866-662-8822. Or visit www.noattacks.org. I don't want to feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. 
Let's face it, hormones happen. Whether you're a male or female, hormones have an impact on your overall well-being. Dr. Hart brings to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel timely topics that answer your lifelong questions about hormones in men, women, and teens. Tune in to Optimal Wellness every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Optimal Wellness. Live life well. Live life long. Live life to the fullest. We talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back. I'm Catherine Sox, your social worker with a microphone on Voice America, voiceamerica.com women with Lauren Beller and Cynthia Good, founding editor and CEO of Pink Magazine. Why pink? Why not? And uh, we've been talking about Pink Magazine and being comfortable with our pinkness as women, but also, and I want to be real specific about this because we don't want you to miss the last three Annual. This is the third annual Pink Conference Series, and there are three more conferences, San Francisco, October, October 26th, New York, November 6th, Boston, November 9th, and you can go online, pinkmagazine.com, to register, which is what I did. Uh, and uh, uh, Cynthia, tell us specifically, because we're talking about the different generations that we, uh, as women, who are uh, participating in the conferences, who are in the workplace, from uh, the traditionalists to the baby boomers, Generation Xs, but these conferences are for everybody, because there are really three specific kinds of things that we'll learn when we go to the conference. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, you're going to learn, you know, so much. Really, how some of the most powerful women in business in America have traversed the corporate ladder and really gotten to the top. Um, most of the conferences, we have a very successful woman entrepreneur who is sharing her experiences. And you know, for instance, at the New York City conference, Mary Lou Quinlan from just ask a woman um, who you saw on the inventor show and she's great she's our moderator Kathy Black who's the president of Hearst Magazines will be there Rosalind Brewer who is the southeastern operations head of Walmart Soledad O'Brien from CNN who has four kids will be talking she amazes me I am so glad she's going to be there how does she do I mean I really want to you talk about you know everybody's stories I want to hear them but I want to hear isn't she a Harvard graduate and and, uh, she is brilliant and she's really got it all figured out and actually, and another she's thing, she is beautiful inside and out. But another thing is, we do newsletters from Pink on amazing women like this. And I mention this because Soledad, our next e-newsletter is on her, and it's just. It was a great read. In fact, for the first time ever, I said to my writer, I want more. Can you make it longer? <laughs> Usually I cut everything. But it's, the newsletters are free, and it's just you can sign up for them on pinkmagazine.com. And let's make sure to get you on that list too, Catherine, because I think you'll enjoy reading about her. Oh, absolutely. Um, also, Bill Blass, the president of Bill Blass, will be at the New York event too. And every city, it's, it's you know that caliber. These are the women who are redefining success in the 21st century, and they are some of the most powerful women in business in America. America and to hear, you know, what they think and their insight. Debbie Fine, who's the president of iVillage, she spoke at one of the events and, and she was asked to talk about her mistakes. And does she make any? She said, are you kidding? I make so many, I came up for, with a name for them. We call them CEOs. <laughs> I like so, that. Know, that. That kind of 
had a very candid conversation. Yeah, and you talk about candid. I would imagine that women and women of this calendar would caliber would be more candid, maybe more than their male counterparts. Women would have a tendency to share their experiences that didn't work. That you know the mistakes they made, like you're talking about, because uh, that's just as important. You know, I always say negative role models sometimes, or some of the negative stuff can be more compelling than even some of the positive. You know, you learn from. You definitely can learn from other people's mistakes. Absolutely, um, that's true. In fact, um, the uh, Carolyn Bivens is the CEO of the LPGA. She's the first female CEO of the LPGA. She talked about last year. She was on one of our panels, and she admitted to making a twelve million dollar mistake when, when she was on part of the initial team that launched USA Today. It was so successful, the campaign she put together, that she had such a demand for copies of the newspaper that they had to buy new printers. It cost the company $12 million. <laughs> so, yeah, they're really they're sharing. And, and when I prep the women who are speaking, I say, look, the women who are attending these and the readers of Pink Magazine, these women are very, very smart. My biggest challenge as an editor is how do I come up with information that, that all of these amazing women who are the readers don't know? So I really urge every panelist to go deep and, you know, this is not 101. This is, this is the this hard is, stuff that we need to know. The yeah, real I was going to say, it doesn't sound, it doesn't look like 101. It doesn't sound Good. like 101. Good. It's, and in fact, you know, you were saying, well, you know, who, att- who should attend? And I had one group, a mother-daughter team, who came to one of the events, and they said they were surprised that both of them learned a lot, that, you know, it was the mother who was a businesswoman. It was just as useful for her as it was for her daughter. So that's a good, that's a good thing. Yeah, and I think another part, a component to these conferences, you have, you know, discover these, I always, the, the life balance solutions, and, uh, you you know, when you go to these conferences that are for men and women, you don't always get that, you know, because I think one of the, and I go back to Kathy Black, who's going to be in New York, lead that 360-degree life, which has to do with this whole life balance solution, which I think is really what women are struggling for. Right, and, and also at our Chicago event, we had uh, Judith Valente, two-time Pulitzer Prize nominee, poet, PBS, has her own program on PBS, and she asked the panel, she said, well, you know, not only your life balance, but what do you do to nourish your soul? You know, it's that whole picture of the way we live our lives and, and how we can live a meaningful life and do work that brings us joy and we feel makes a difference. You know, Cynthia, you mentioned earlier about uh, the women who wouldn't ask for, you know, half the women in the audience hadn't asked for a raise, but once they asked for the raise, they got the raise. Yeah. And, you know, that issue, I I just want to, because we don't have that much time, because I don't want to skip over that, because I wonder, you know, women, when it comes to their families or their children, they're the first ones to go to school and go to bat for their kids. They'll be out there. They'll say what they have to do. They will fight for their families and their husbands or partners or whomever. But when it comes to themselves, we just don't seem to be able to do that, and and I, I can't, we can't let that go because I think that's no, really you're right. Important. And and, yeah. it, and it's in you know in the workplace. One of the takeaways from the last event was make sure you take the credit along with the accountability for what you do. And you know back to the money thing, collect every penny you can out of your 401k. A lot of women are not fully collecting on their 401k, even in many instances where their employers are giving matching dollars. So make sure you don't leave that money on the table. Yeah, great advice. Take credit because when you take credit, it makes you feel good and it empowers you. And I, I think that you're so right. Women will say, oh, you know, I don't need the credit. You don't have to tell anybody. Uh, right. 
Yeah, and and the uh, other thing they advise to do is, you know, don't feel like you have to be totally ready to take a new opportunity. Take the opportunity in front of you. You're smart. You're going to work hard, and you're going to make it happen. And just, you know, take that risk because the guy is the the guys are always the ones raising their hand. And, you know, we need to step up to the plate. Actually, I just interviewed the CEO of Caribou Coffee. We have a Mars to Venus section where we hear advice from male CEOs. And, you know, he said the David and Goliath story isn't about, you know, the weak overpowering Goliath. It's about the fact that David took the risk and stepped into the valley. And we've got to just take the opportunities that are given to us and all of these women say we'll figure it out you don't have to have it all figured out to take the opportunity just grab it and run with it and fake it till you make it in some cases if you need to i like that fake it till you make it and you're also providing that you know they used to call it the old boy network but what you're doing at pink magazine and with these conferences you're the support that you're giving to all of us women who want to be in the you know be the the uh the Davids, uh, you're doing it. And I will see you at the New York conference. We have like 30 seconds to go. It has been great, a real treat having you on the show this morning. And listeners, go to pinkmagazine.com, uh, go to the website, and you can also register for the conferences on the website. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Catherine, and I look forward to meeting you in New York, and I'll be at all these events. So if, if someone heard your show, come up and say hello and let me know. We'd Terrific. You Thanks. Thanks. Wonderful. Have a great day. Cynthia you Good, too. founding editor and CEO of Pink Magazine. Hope you enjoyed the show today. I certainly did. I'm Catherine Zox. I'm your social worker with a microphone on Voice America, voiceamericawomen.com. Lauren, hope you enjoyed the show today. We had lots of fun. I did. Thank you very much. It was a, it was really great to hear both of those guests. Yes, and take a look at Lauren's uh, advertising on PinkMagazine.com on uh, Knowledge Bank, and you will see Big Fish Nation. Anyway, have a great week, and we'll see you next week. 